Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now, today's show, I'm going to be speaking with Spencer Tuttle, who is the VP EMEA at ThoughtSpot. So, Spencer, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Max. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. But before we kind of delve into that, would you mind just giving the listeners at home a little background on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. I have a couple decades experience really working for enterprise software companies that have always been focused on working with the large global organizations transform themselves, obviously most recently in a digital manner. And I guess for about almost the last year now, I've been running EMEA, as you say, for ThoughtSpot, going on about 11 months now, based in London. This is um, an interesting topic that we're going to be covering today, because we're talking about how a recent bit of research from ThoughtSpot, and it's looking into the investment of AI in the financial services sector, which is kind of a a new but exciting area that we can kind of delve into and explore a little bit more. And the first point I wanted to kind of raise with you is we're talking about challenges, but what kind of challenges are organizations facing that can be accelerated by AI adoption to give an overview at the start? It's a good question. And it's interesting because, Max, as you know, this report was commissioned pre-COVID. And I think Mm. obviously what we're seeing is these challenges just being accelerated even more over the last couple months. And it actually brings me back to a conversation I just had a couple weeks ago with with a senior leader at a customer of ours here locally in London. He's been at the organization for over 25 years, right? And he's been in the senior leadership world for at least the last decade. And we were talking about a month ago now at this time, and, and, and he made a comment. He said, he said, look, I'm being asked questions over the last couple of weeks that I've never been asked over the last 25 years here. And it was really interesting because he didn't say it in, in a negative manner. He said it in a real positive way on how he could accelerate the transformation of his organization. I assume you've seen it. We've all seen it. You know, once this started, that kind of COVID joke on social media, right? who is the greatest leader in your, in your digital transformation, right? Your CEO, your CTO, or COVID-19. And I think that's starting as kind of a joke. But all of a sudden, during this conversation, I realized this is sort of reality right now, right? These are what these large organizations are going through. But, but if I kind of go back to your original question, you know, what challenges are organizations facing that can be accelerated? I think it's important to realize that we're in a different time than 2008 during the last economic downtime, right? If you think of 2008, I think you and I were printing out directions on MapQuest to get to our local <laughs> pubs, right? I think the world's a little different now. And, it, yeah. and ex- especially if you go to the UK, right? I mean, I mean, these challenger banks are real, right? And they're changing the industry drastically. So I think it's a much more competitive landscape than it was even a decade ago, Never mind 2008. So the challenges that these organizations are facing is they need to grow their share of wallet, right? Or regain some of it by bringing the right kinds of products and services to customers. They need to enter new markets and geographies with confidence that they're going to get it right the first time. And finally, I think what we're all seeing that doesn't surprise anyone is they need to reduce their base costs, their operational costs, right? By automating areas of the workflow and by identifying 
at the end of the day, costly outliers and anomalies hidden in this aggregated data. And this report shows that the adoption of AI can help in all of those areas. 100% agree. And it, it's interesting, those kind of points that you raise, because you're right, the, the cost element is such a, a huge impact. And we're also going to see it with 5G implementation, had a couple of conversations about how that's going to affect fintech and the financial services as well. So it's there, it just needs that kind of push to be sent forward a little bit. And one of the things the research did show when you guys released it was that the European organizations are behind in their AI success when you compare it to like the APAC counterparts. So from that standpoint, what needs to be done to close that gap? And is there a root cause of that failure? Yeah, it's a really good question, Max. And it's funny, obviously, we commissioned this report, but you never know what's going to come out of it. And I think this was one of the more surprising findings for us, just how far behind the European organizations are compared to their APAC counterparts. And I got to go to a couple of the metrics because it's pretty astounding, right? So 92% of the survey respondents strongly believe that the quality of work of frontline workers will increase with the right AI solutions. So there's a belief out there that AI can help, yet 42% only have a plan to actually implement training around these solutions. And over 10% of European organizations have done nothing, right? Have no metrics to even measure AI application success in their organization. I kind of call this like the New Year's resolution syndrome, so to speak, right? I mean, we all know that eating healthy and working out and mindfulness, right, will help us go about our days better, be healthier, be happier. And we all start that new year charged up to do that. But then, you know, by March, start to maybe turn the corner and start to not work out as much and not eat as healthy. And that's what's going on with the adoption of AI. Like people know that it can add value. It's universally understood now and believed, but they're still not actually doing it as widely as they can to get the benefits from it. And if you read the article, I don't think there's a root cause, just to go back to your question of failure. I think it's a combination of, of a lot of technical debt in these European organizations, definitely you know, a talent shortage in some areas. And obviously there's complex regulatory environments going on. But it seems like the two-pronged strategy for really organizations to close this gap is they need to invest in new technologies, right? They need to invest in technologies that can help them adopt AI. And secondly, and equally as important is they need to train their employees. They need to reskill their employees and bring them in to this new decade so that they can apply a derived insights and better their role and responsibility at the end of the day. Yumi had a quick discussion before we kind of came on air about, I was saying over the past two, three years, I've been seeing that kind of excitement around AI. And especially last year seemed to be that kind of peak of everyone wants to talk about it, everyone wants to implement it. But there was no follow through. And there was no kind of, okay, we're excited, we know what it can offer. But there was no kind of follow through. And I think you're right, it does come down to a cost element or an education element as well. Is there a way that we can retrain organizations thinking to see, yes, there might be a downturn in productivity while we're training, but the uptick of that is going to be faster results and, and more profit? Yeah, I think it goes back to people actually tracking the success of these programs. What we just talked about was how little European organizations are actually tracking the metrics to measure AI application success. If the organization goes out there with a strategy and truly understands the current state and how they're trying to better it, and then track that as they get to that kind of future state, for lack of a better term, 
that will only increase adoption and increase kind of the awareness of the success of this field. Definitely. And if we take that a little bit further, with AI implementation, how can it unlock the growth opportunities and really reduce those costs that we, we've kind of been hinting at here? It's amazing. We're seeing this become more applicable in so many more fields almost daily at this stage. So I'll try to just give you two stories of real life applicability. The Royal Bank of Canada is a customer of ours, right? And they obviously have hundreds of thousands of customers and hundreds of different products and product lines, right? So how they market those product lines to their customers is difficult because they can have folks in wealth management, investment banking, retail banking, credit cards. And what we've been able to do is give them real-time insights into an incredible amount of data so they can properly market their products to folks that are most applicable for that solution at the end of the day, which is really driving the ROI of their marketing campaigns. You know, we talked a lot about cost out earlier in the conversation, Max, and Suncorp is an insurance organization. And by being able to run our AI solution across their data, they immediately, like first day, found 500 claims that were still open that they could immediately close. So it's those type of examples that can really help you drive new revenue streams and reduce cost. I think the most important part of both those stories, though, is the ability to give those insights to the frontline workers, right? Whether it's the person that owns that marketing campaign or the claims analyst, they need to get the insight into that data so they can actually make the action to go reduce the cost to drive revenue which is imperative for all organizations and if there is this tool that can provide it then it makes sense to have that kind of implementation process or at least that plan which we've been talking about as well at least having a plan is a good step in the right direction there was another element i wanted to talk about in terms of security risks because obviously when we're talking about security services and we get into the conversation of automation and that element of data control what steps do they need to take to ensure that there are security protocols and compliance in place while still also trying to automate? The way we see in this report, Cesar, is you need a data compliance strategy regardless, right? You're spot on that data compliance is the primary risk for financial services organizations. So regardless of bringing in AI or not, you're going to need a strategy in this field. And what we're seeing when it comes to bringing AI to the data world is companies, they need to be proactive in creating policies when they introduce AI, not after the fact. It needs to go hand in hand. And I think, frankly, you know, what else we're seeing is there needs to be diverse teams, right? It's more important than ever for that so that you can combat bias as AI applications go mainstream in financial services and really bring multiple viewpoints and experiences so that you can identify that bias and eliminate it if it is out there. Which is extremely important to a lot of organizations because as you mentioned, compliance is such a minefield and especially in the states as well, CCPA being introduced, GDPR over here, it adds difficulty to this. And as these roles kind of shift and, and as we kind of change up how we use automation and, and how it can help organizations, there's really got to be forethought for that, hasn't there, of how these legislations are going to change and how they're going to change across the world, really, and how they're going to be brought in more. Yeah, I, th I think this goes back to kind of one of our first points. 
it's universally understood that AI will add value, but really getting it up and running has been a challenge for European organizations. It's imperative that senior leaders are involved in this, right? Now, it's imperative that you get these insights out to all the frontline leaders throughout the organizations, but there needs to be a data strategy that transcends the entire organization. 100% agree. So my final kind of question to you is, from your standpoint, what are you hoping to see? And I think hope is kind of the the clear word there of (laughs) what you want to see in the future around AI adoption in the financial services sector. I don't think it's hope, right? I I, I think we're going to see a massive change here in the short term, right? And I'm just talking about the next couple of years. But I think I'd focus it in two areas, one being kind of industry focused and and two being adoption. If you look at the report that we're talking about, there's clearly verticals that have adopted this quicker, right? Investment banking, retail banking, you know, higher up on kind of the ladder. And there's laggards out there as well, insurance being one of them. I think what you'll see over the next couple of years is these historical laggards, for lack of a better term, really double down in this space. I don't think you can avoid it no matter what vertical you're in, what your customer base is in. You need to invest in this because it's going to be the future of staying competitive in any industry. Secondly, it is adoption. I firmly believe in this. If you look at this space, right, kind of the analytics and data space, less than 35% of users within an organization adopt these solutions. For how big of a market it is, less than 35%, you know, that's that's a shame, right? I mean, I mean, I think what we're seeing is if you go back 10 years ago, enterprise technology and consumer technology, there was just a massive divide between the two, right? You're starting to see those just become more and more aligned where the enterprise solutions that you bring in need to be like your consumer technologies. They need to be like your Googles, your Yelps, your Ubers of the world where you can use them on your mobile. You can use them in a way that you would use an application in your personal life. And that's going to drive adoption of these solutions in the organization and reap the benefits that we've kind of talked about here for the last 10 or 15 minutes. You know, all industries adopting it and much wider adoption across the frontline leaders. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's something that's coming and it's better to be on the bandwagon now instead of being left behind in the future. So I think it's very apt message to take forward and and something that organizations should definitely focus on. Spencer, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you for coming on and giving your insights and and walking us through all of this. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah, Max, really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Of course. And thank you everyone who took the time to listen. We hope you took a lot away from this. If you'd like to get more information on the report or just ThoughtSpot in general, head on over to ThoughtSpot.com. We also have an article written by Spencer up on the website at the moment. What happens next? Back to work, but forward to productivity, looking at the COVID implementation. So make sure you check that out as well. We'll have links to both in the description. Until then, we'll be back next week with another episode in our Ask the Expert series. You can follow us on socials at Ian360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great content, make sure you head on over to em360tech.com. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.